Rechilud is usser even if the original speaker is under age. Don't speak Rechilud, especially if it's about a Taurus age. Speaking Rechilud would inevitably lead to strife. It makes no difference if it's told to a victim or even to his wife. Okay, so on this podcast, I will be covering Klal Zion in Rechilud. And again, to explain what Rechilud is, a classic case is when you hear someone say something bad about somebody else, and then you go tell that person that they said bad about, you say, can you believe that Plony said X, Y, and Z about you? That person that says, can you believe Plony said X, Y, and Z about you is considered a speaker of Rechilu. Okay, so to get to uh, the first uh, halacha in Klaus Zion, uh, halacha Aleph begins by saying, Rechilu is Asr, even if spoken um, to or by a family member, or by a man or a woman, or by an adult, you know, or, or to an, you know, to or by a man or a woman, or to or by an adult or child. So again, you know, the classic case of Rechilus is, can you believe Plony said X, Y, or Z about you? So whether Plony or the person you're talking to, it doesn't matter if they're a family member, doesn't matter if they're a man or woman, doesn't matter if they're adult or child, regardless, all those things are prohibited. Um, an example the Chavis Chaim gives is that you hear someone insult your spouse or insult your parents, it is prohibited for you to go and tell your spouse or your parents about what you heard about them. Um, another example the Chavetz Chaim gives, if you see two kids hitting each other um, and then you go tell the father of one of the kids, you know that this other kid was hitting your kid. Uh, that would be Rechilot. Um, and why? Because this will inevitably lead to um, eventually the dad the dad that you told, going and hitting the other kid in revenge. And then what will happen? The kid that was hit by the by the other father will go and tell his dad that the, this other dad hit him. And then basically both parents are going to start hating each other. And then this is going to cause a, sort of a family, you know, uh, st- strife among families and stuff, all because of this original person that told the one dad that the other kid was hitting him and then they took matters into their own hands and it started to become a, a bigger fight than it was as opposed to two little, you know, two little kids, um, you know, disagreeing about who knocked over the Lego set. All of a sudden it's going to end up in these two big family wars um, and, blow, you know, be blown way out of proportion. And uh, the Chavetz Chaim says this unfortunately commonly happens in shoals and other gatherings, whole, you know, holy places of gathering. Um, that's where this strife often happens, which makes it even worse. Um, the Chavetz Chaim also says that, you know, especially fights among little kids, it's not clear which one was in the right, which one was in the wrong, if there was one in the right or if there was one in the wrong. A lot of the times kids just fight because of whatever. And by you taking, you know, taking something out of that and telling the other parent about it, telling one of the parents about it, that leads to basically this fight among families that was blown way out of proportion, something that it really wasn't really any big deal among the kids to begin with. And basically by you elevating it to the parents' attention, it ended up turning into something much, much, much bigger than what it should have been. Um, the Chavetz Chaim says, even if you can clearly tell which child was in the right or wrong, it's still prohibited to tell the parent of the child that was in the right to tell him that, you're, you know, another kid wronged you. Why is that prohibited? Because the Chavetz Chaim explains a child is not yet responsible for their actions. So by even if they're in the wrong, so to speak, because they're not responsible for their actions, by telling um, that parent's child about what they did, 
that will inevitably lead to basically um, lots of bad things. Why? Uh, because by telling that other parent, as I said, that other parent will then come and try to punish the kid that was in the wrong, even though they were in the wrong, but they're not responsible for their own actions yet because they're a kid. So um, the Chavetz Chaim explains something interesting, that the person that hits a child, even if they're deserving of it, um, owes compensation, it's chayev, owns, owes a certain amount of money, uh, maybe to that parent's children, to those parents' uh, you know, children, sorry, to the, to the child's parents. Why is that? Because, um, as I said, the child isn't responsible for their actions yet. So by you hurting them, even, if, even though they're, they're not responsible for their actions, therefore you're responsible for, for any damage that you do to them. And what is damage? It's not just physical abuse. Even if you somehow embarrass the other child, that would still be considered embarrassment and halacha is still considered something that you're responsible for. So uh, that's brought down in Bovakama 86b. The Chavetz Chaim says that a person that embarrasses even a child is chayev for the damages um, that you caused, you know, embarrassment to that child. So certainly um, if you're, you know, the parent of a child and you hear someone tell, you know, come on, someone comes to you and tells you something that another child did to your child by taking your actions into your own hand and hurting that kid somehow or embarrassing him, that would be considered a, a grave sin. The Chavetz Chaim does say there are certain exceptions, however, um, if you follow all the laws of To'eles, and, and you, know, you could possibly tell the other parent if necessary. But again, the general rule is if two kids are fighting over Legos or something, if, first of all, it's not clear who's right and who's wrong. Even if you know who's wrong, it's still prohibited to tell the parents because um, those kids are not re- you know, responsible for their actions yet. They're still Ketanim. So because of that, um, you can't, uh, you know, you, you you, you shouldn't tell the parents because, again, that will lead to basically those two families warring over each other, even though they really had no reason. You know, it was just a little fight between kids and nothing, no big deal. But it, it turned into something much bigger. The Chavetz um, Chaim in, in Halacha Bet says that it's usher to say Rechilet about uh, an Am Haaretz. Even if you saw an Am Haaretz denigrating a certain victim, you still cannot report that back to the victim. So again, an amaaretz is an ignoramus, someone that doesn't know laws very well. If you go and tell, um, you know, that, in, in, and you hear that person, you know, let's say Plony was an amaaretz, was, was ignorant about halacha, and he really criticized someone, it's prohibited for you to go and tell that person that he, that he criticized um, about what, they, what that amaaretz said about him. Um, and, you know, that would be considered rechilos. In Kovachomer, the Chavis Chaim says, it's even worse. If the person is a Talmud Chacham, and it sounds like they spoke negatively about someone, it's even worse to go tell that person that was spoken negatively about the victim. It's even worse to go and tell that victim that, you know, it's a Talmud Chacham, what, what he said about him. Um, the Chavis Chaim says that you should uh, presume, it's a fascinating point here about what it means to be a Talmud Chacham. And I think the one of the things I've really enjoyed about going through the halachas of of the Sefer Chavetz Chaim is that it's clear that he holds the Talmidei Chachamim to an extremely high standard. And it just goes to show you how far you have to go if you want to be a Talmud Chacham, how far you have to go in matters of Ben Adam Lachavero, matters of making sure that you're careful with you know, other people and how you interact with them. For example, the Chavetz Chaim says that a Talmud, you, if you hear a Talmud Chacham possibly degrading someone, you have to assume that that Talmud Chacham would never ever speak negatively about someone, um, just you know, or, or denigrate someone needlessly. They, you have to assume they must have had 
a valid Toeles purpose for saying what they said. So basically, you know, it's interesting here. It's saying that if you consider yourself to be uh, an Atamid Chacham or aspiring Atamid Chacham, someone that is learned of the, of, you know, some, someone that knows Torah well, part and parcel of being someone that knows Torah well is someone that's extraordinarily sensitive to the feelings of others and would never ever denigrate or harm someone needlessly. So you have to keep that in mind, that to be someone that is um, a Talmud Chacham, that just by definition then, the Chavitz Chaim says, that's inherently someone that is would never ever harm someone needlessly. So the Chavitz Chaim says the fact that they're maybe saying something negative about someone is proof, the fact they're saying something negative is proof that it must be said, it, they either didn't mean it negatively or they said it in a way that actually they had a permissible purpose. They would never just say something needlessly harmful about someone else. The Chavitz Chaim says um, that we are commanded to cleave to the Chachamim at every opportunity. We're commanded to sit by the dust of their feet, to do you know business with them, to marry our children off to them, not to denigrate them in any way. So Kovachomer, we're certainly not allowed to say that this Talmud Chacham said something negative about someone else. Um, the Chavitz Chaim also makes an interesting point. He says, if a person hears an ignorant person, that an ignorant person degraded him. So normally a person reacts to that by saying, well, this person's ignorant anyways. He's, I can't expect anything out of him. Of course he's going to say bad things about me, and that doesn't really bother me if this person would say bad things about me. However, the Chavitz Chaim says, if you, if, if, if you hear that, for example, a rabbi, a Tav Chacham, a rabbi, degraded you and said negative things about you, what kind of impact is that going to have on your feelings? You're going to feel much, much more insulted if you hear that someone that you respect so much, like a rabbi, degrades you. If you hear an ignorant person say something bad about you, so you say, well, whatever, I don't really expect much out of them anyways, so it doesn't really bother me if they're saying something bad about me. But if you hear someone that you have a lot of respect for, a rabbi, that you hear that they degraded you. So that's going to have a tremendous impact on you. And what's it going to cause? It's going to cause basically a hatred, a, a, a much deeper rooted, uh, much fundamental, a much more fundamental hatred between that person that hears something bad the rabbi said about them and, you know, between them and the rabbi versus if someone hears something bad said about them from, you know, an ignorant person, they're going to say, well, they're ignorant anyways, no big deal. But if they hear about, you know, that a rabbi said something bad about them, that's really going to be insulting. And he says, especially if it's the city's chief rabbi, then that person's going to go around and tell, you know, we can't trust our main rabbi in the town anymore because he said something bad about me. Uh, and it's just going to cause major fallout, you know, and, and negative results. He said, you have to be especially careful with, you know, speaking, you have to be very, very careful about speaking Rachilot uh, about anyone, even an Amma Aretz, but especially a Talmud Chacham. Then he goes on to say in Halacha Gimel, um, third Halacha, that it makes no difference if you tell Rachilot to the victim directly or even if you say it to the victim's wife or another relative of theirs. Why? Um, because basically that person's wife will be angry for them. Um, so by hearing, you know, by telling someone's wife, can you believe Plony said this about your husband? That will inevitably lead to that wife feeling a uh, hatred toward Plony, even though it wasn't about the, the woman herself. It was about her wife. It, it was about, uh, you know, her, his husband. Her, sorry, it was about uh, her husband. Nonetheless, she's going to harbor a certain hatred for that person. Um, now, the Chavitz Chaim says it's generally, it's generally usher, however, to tell Rachilot to anybody, even if it's not that victim. Why? Because you're worried that that will eventually get back to the victim. So by telling, you know, some kind of negative thing about someone, 
um, your, the main concern is it will get back to the victim and that would be prohibited. However, the Chavetz Chaim says, this case, it's also definitely true that the wife is very likely to tell you know, her husband about everything that was said about and everything he heard about him. However, the Chavetz Chaim says that it's, um, it's even, even if the wife stays quiet and doesn't tell the husband what, what she heard about him, nonetheless, that still would be considered Rechilut. Why? Um, because the wife is going to be so insulted and harbor such a hatred for that person that spoke negatively about her husband that basically it's as if you told the victim himself, even if, again, even if the wife never tells the victim directly. Um, the Chavtem in, in Halacha Dalid now says that it's Rechilut, um, you know, if, if you hear uh, Rechilut about, a, 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 you know, if a fellow Jew says something negative about either a Jew or even a non-Jew, it's prohibited to tell the Jew or especially a non-Jew um, about what was said about him. And the Chavetz Chaim says it's especially prohibited to tell a Goy, a non-Jew, about, um, uh, about something negative that someone said about him. Um, and uh, the Chavetz Chaim says that you know, reporting to a non-Jew that Plony degraded him, will, degraded that non-Jew, will certainly result, almost certainly result, in the non-Jew coming to harm that Jewish person. An example the Chavetz Chaim gives is if you tell a non-Jew that a fellow Jew has poor quality merchandise or does bad work or something like that, that's going to cause um, uh, tremendous uh, negative results because inevitably that fellow non that that non-Jew will come to somehow either fire or uh, not do business with that Jewish person. However, the Chavetz Chaim contrasts that with if you tell, you know, obviously it's prohibited to tell Rechilos to a Jew also, but if you tell Rechilos to a Jew, they're going to say, they, they have a mitzvah of Dam um, at least they're going to judge the other person favorably. A non-Jew doesn't have that same mitzvah to judge Jews favorably. So because they're going to, a fellow Jew at least, will judge, a, will, will judge, you know, that person favorably and say, well, they probably didn't really mean to insult me and they'll judge them in the most favorable light. Favorable light. However, if you tell a non-Jew, they don't have that same command to judge others favorably, and they'll inherently go and judge that person they heard about in the most negative light. And then they, you know, you if they hear that someone has poor quality merchandise, they won't question that at all. They'll absolutely go with, well, they must have poor quality merchandise. They won't shop there anymore. They won't do business with them anymore. The Chavetz Chaim adds a note here. He says, if a non-Jew um, would be allowed to know um, in certain instances, you know, the, for example, in a Toeles instant where instance where the non-Jew might be hurt by a Jew, um, that would be permitted to tell the non-Jew about what was said. It's interesting, my, um, the, there's an extra note on this note about the fact that you are allowed to tell a non-Jew. The note on this note is a political point. Um, it says that this note was only needed um, in order to pass the Kaiser's censor. So basically the president, you know, of uh, where, where, where the Chavetz Chaim was living, the Kaiser wouldn't have allowed this halacha to go through. That The halacha was, is very clear. It says that um, a fellow Jew, you're, you're, not, you're certainly not allowed to tell a non-Jew that what, a, what a Jew said about him. So in order for the government that uh, the Chavetz Chaim was living in, the, in order for the Kaiser to accept, you know, to, to publish this book, his, you know, the Sefer Chavetz Chaim, the Chavetz Chaim had to write in this note that a non-Jew would be allowed to know if there was a Toelis purpose. But it seems like ordinarily you wouldn't have, the Chavetz Chaim wouldn't have added this note if it wasn't for the fact that he was forced to. Um, Halacha hey, the Chavetz Chaim says, don't believe Rechilos even if you heard it directly from your own wife. 
Um, and the Chavis Chaim adds just an interesting piece of psychology. He says that if a if you know your wife sees that her husband openly accepts all of her lush and hora, then she'll continue feeding it to him. Um, and she'll continue, you know, she, she can tell that, well, he must like all this information that I'm telling him, all this Lush and Hora. So I'll, I'll just keep on telling him all the Lush and Hora that I have. And then what's that going to result in? That's going to result in the husband harboring even more hatred and, um, you know, and, and venge or revenge against everything that he hears from his wife. So instead, the Chavetz Chaim says, instead of just sort of openly accepting everything that you hear your wife saying, Lush and Hora, Instead, you should sort of either, he says, very gently rebuke your wife or just be clear that you don't believe her. Um, and that will stop the slippery slope of your wife seeing that you accept all of that information that she's giving you. And then you basically, and then her doubling down on telling you more and more Lashon Hora, and that's going to result in basically you harboring a lot more hatred than you would have had she not said anything in the first place. So it's important that you sort of stop it at the beginning so it doesn't lead to the slippery slope of the, you know, your closest relationship coming to tell you all sorts of lush and horror that's going to cause a lot of uh, bad feelings in your heart. Um, and, uh, you know, it's interesting that, yeah, like basically the closest relationship you have, it's important that that stays um, a place where it's not a breeding ground for lush and horror because that will, you know, ultimately kind of be a reoccurring cycle then. If, if, you, if your wife sees that you're accepting it, then that's going to lead to basically lots of uh, uh, you know, additions and add-ons um, of you know the of of a continuous flow of lush and horror, uh, which will cause to lots of strife. Okay, so to recap what I spoke about, so um, this is Klal Zion in Rechilot, and as I said, uh, Rechilot, the classic case of Rechilos is you go to someone and you say, "Can you believe Plony said X, Y, and Z about you, and is planning to do X, Y, and Z to you?" Um, that would be uh, Rechilos. So the uh, the Chavetz Chaim in Halacha Aleph in uh, Klal Zion says that it's Rechilos is prohibited if spoken to or by a family member or spoken to or by a man or woman or spoken to or by an adult or child. The Chavetz Chaim says that the classic example of where a woman spoke Rechilos um, and Lash and Hora and it's still prohibited is, of course, Miriam when she judged Moshe unfavorably and said, you know, why did Moshe separate from, from his wife? We, we're not separating from our spouses. Why does Moshe think he's so good that he's separating from, from his wife? And of course, Miriam underestimated Moshe's greatness. And because of that, um, that was a, considered a great sin. And uh, that's proof the Chavetz Chaim says that a woman is prohibited from speaking Lashon Hora. Uh, the Chavetz Chaim gives an example. He says, you hear someone insult your spouse or your parents, you're not allowed to tell your spouse or parents um, what was said about them. Another example the Chavetz Chaim gives is you, you see two kids hitting each other and you go tell the father of one of the children, you know, this other kid was hitting your child. And what's that going to lead to? Unfortunately, that's going to lead to that parent going and hitting the other kid and taking revenge out, his revenge out on the other kid, then that other kid is going to tell his parents, you know, this guy, this, this, the, um, the father of this boy hit me. And then that is going to lead to basically these two families, these two fathers warring over uh, something much, much bigger than it originally was. It was just two kids fighting over, you know, you knocked down my Legos. No, you knocked down my Legos. And then all of a sudden that's going to lead to some major family strife that, you know, and blowing things way, way, way out of proportion than what they should have been. 
the Chavetz Chaim says also, it's not even usually clear which child was right and which child was wrong. So if the child was in the right and nonetheless, um, you know, you told the parent and that parent hit, you know, hit the boy that was right, that's certainly terrible. The Chavetz Chaim says, though, even if the boy was in the wrong, it's still prohibited. Why? It's still prohibited to tell the parents. Why? Because the child, a child is not yet responsible for their actions. They're katan. They're not chayav in following the mitzvot. So a child isn't yet responsible for their actions. So for any, so because they're not responsible for their actions, hitting them in any way is prohibited. And in fact, the Chavetz Chaim says in Bava Kama 86b that you're responsible, you owe a certain compensation to um, any damage done to a child uh, because they're not yet responsible in in following, uh, in following mitzvot, even if they were in the wrong. The Chavetz Chaim says that includes damage to a child, includes even just embarrassment. So even if you don't actually go and hit the kid physically, even if you embarrass the child, that still could be something that you're responsible to um, compensate them for. Um, so the Chavetz Chaim warns that even if the child was, you know, even if the child, it's clear the child that hit the, the other kid was in the wrong, to tell that, that other, the, the, the victim, so the victim child's, parents about what happened, um, that would be prohibited because basically it will lead to sort of a fight that's blown way out of proportions. Obviously, the Chavetz Chaim says there are certain exceptions, though, for a to'elis um, that I think we'll get to a later on in the in the podcast, um, in future podcasts. So, Halacha Bet says uh, it's also to say Rechilut about an Am Ha'aretz, a, an, in, a, an, a, an ignoramus. Um, an example of that is, you know, you hear an ignoramus say something negative about someone, um, and you say, you go tell that, that person that was spoken negatively about, can you believe Pluni, the, the Amharat, said this thing about you? The Chavetz Chaim says it's even worse if you denigrate a, um, a, a Talmud Chacham. Um, why? Because you should presume, and, and I said this is just a good lesson, the Chavetz Chaim throughout the Sefer Chavetz Chaim explains just how high a standard we have, you know, to be a Talmud Chacham, just how high a standard a Talmud Chacham holds himself in the realms of um, Ben Adam Lachavero, of, of how he's careful interacting with other people. So we should presume that if a Talmud Chacham speaks negatively about someone, it must be that they had a legitimate reason to. Why? Because a Talmud Chacham would never ever needlessly harm or denigrate another person. So you have to assume the only reason why they would possibly be speaking negatively about someone is not because they really meant to insult them, it's because they had some other valid reason to do so. Um, just a very high standard, we can see that, that you know, Talmudic Chachamim are supposed to hold themselves to, to never needlessly harm or denigrate another person. The Chavetz Chaim says we're commanded to cleave to the Chachamim, to cleave to our sages at every opportunity, do business with them, marry off children to them, don't denigrate them in any way. So the Chavetz Chaim warns that, you know, it's very important that we don't uh, speak rechilos about them. The Chavetz Chaim says if a person hears that an ignoramus, an ama aretz, denigrated them, usually they'll say, you know what, no big deal. Uh, this person, I don't expect, you know, this, this ignorant person to say anything nice about me anyways. So, okay, he said something mean about me. That doesn't bother me. But, the Chavetz Chaim says, if someone hears that a rabbi a chashiv rabbi, a, a very important, uh, you know, chacham set denigrated them, they'll be extraordinarily insulted. Imagine someone that you really have a lot of respect for and you know that they would never speak or needlessly harm anyone else, and all of a sudden you get this report that they actually hate you, that they said something very bad about you. What's that going to result in? That's going to result in basically you having a tremendous amount of hatred for that rabbi, unfortunately. 
And especially if it's the city's rabbi, the city's chief rabbi, it's even worse. So the Chavetz Chaim just says an interesting piece of psychology that if you hear someone that you don't really have much respect for um, say something bad about you, it, you let it roll off your back. You, you don't harbor much hatred for that. But if you hear someone that you have a lot of respect for, if you hear that they don't like you, that's going to cause a tremendous amount of hatred um, in your heart for that person. Now, the Gemara, the, the, the Chavetz Chaim continues in Halach Gimel. He says, it makes no difference if you tell Rechilot to the victim directly, or even if you tell the, the um, Rechilot to the victim's wife or another close relative. Why? Because that wife, the victim's wife, will be so angry on behalf of the victim that basically that's going to cause enough strife. It's as if you told the victim directly by telling his wife. Um, the Chavetz Chaim says, you know, it's generally prohibited to tell anybody Rechilus, even if it's not to the victim directly. Why? Because you're worried that eventually it'll get back to the victim. So this is certainly true to if you say it to a person's wife, like the closest, you know, the closest relationship that person has, it's almost certain that the wife is going to report this back to the victim. The Chavetz Chaim says, though, even if the wife doesn't say anything to the victim, even if the victim's wife doesn't report this to the victim, as she should not, as I already said earlier, the, if, if you are in that position and you hear some, something negative said about your spouse, you shouldn't tell them. But if they, unfortunately, if that person unfortunately doesn't follow um, the laws of, you know, the, 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 the halachas of Rechilut, and um, they do tell the, the spouse, you know, then certainly that would be an issue. But even if they don't tell the spouse, just normally a, a person's close relative or their wife is going to basically hate, that, hate the person that spoke negatively about them on that person's behalf. So for that alone is uh, considered a terrible sin. Now, the Chavitz Chaim says, Halacha Dalit, um, Rechilut spoken about a Jew is prohibited if it's told to a Jew or certainly if it's told to a non-Jew. Uh, the Chavitz Chaim says, conveying um, Rechilut to a, to a Goy is even worse than to a Jew. Um, why? Because reporting Rechilut to a non-Jew that Plony degraded him in some way or said something negative about him will almost certainly result in that non-Jew harming the Jew because the non-Jew has no mitzvah of 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 judging others favorably. So if they hear something negative was said about them, they're not going to say, well, maybe it wasn't really negative and try to justify it. They're just automatically going to hate the fellow Jew. Um, now, uh, an example the Chavetz Chaim gives is if you tell a non-Jew that a fellow Jew has poor quality merchandise or does bad work or is lazy, something like that, that's inevitably going to lead to that non-Jew basically uh, harming that person's livelihood. Um, and the Chavetz Chaim says, however, there is an exception that if in a case of To'elis, in a case where you actually might be, you know, you're trying to prevent the non-Jew from being damaged by what a Jew want, you know, might do to them, you, in that specific instance of To'elis, you are allowed to tell the non-Jew um, and I said, there's an addendum on this note that says, really, this note that you are allowed to tell the non-Jew, this was only said by the Chavetz Chaim in order to pass the Kaiser's, um, you know, censor. It wouldn't have been the, the Kaiser, the, the non-Jewish leader at the, t- of, at the time of, uh, of the, when the Chavetz Chaim lived, wouldn't have allowed this Sefer Chavetz Chaim to be released if it wasn't for this note that says, actually, you are allowed to tell a non-Jew in cases where something was uh, toelis. Um, and the, the, the Pasuk that he uses to support that is Tzedek, Tzedek, Tirdof, uh, you know, justice, justice, you should pursue. Um, the Chavetz Chaim in Hay 
the last halacha in the Klal says, don't believe Rechilot, even if you heard it from your own wife. Why? Because very oftentimes, if your own wife, if you, if your own wife sees that you, you know, that her husband openly accepts all of her Lashon Hora and all of her Rechilos, then she'll continue feeding him those same tall tales, um, which will inevitably lead to basically the husband harboring more and more hatred, more and more revenge and, and hateful, hatred, you know, um, hateful feelings towards all the people that his wife says speak negatively about him. So how do you stop such a thing? A, the the Chavitz Chaim says it's proper to gently rebuke your wife or to not believe your wife in order to stop the slippery slope of your wife, um, you know, seeing that you accept everything that she says in the realm of Lashon Hora and your wife continuing and continuing and continuing to pile on um, all of this Lashon Hora and all of this Rechilos that was said about you because that will just inevitably lead to more and more hatred um, for all the people that you that you hear spoke negatively about you. Okay, so to read my poem, Rechilut is usser even if the original speaker is under age. Don't speak Rechilut, especially if it's about a Torah sage. Speaking Rechilut would inevitably lead to strife. It makes no difference if it's told to a victim or even to his wife. And with that, uh, this has been Klal Zion of Rechilut and uh, L'chaim L'chaim.